Bridge is on a gospel-led mission to transform the foster care landscape in Ohio. We're here to raise awareness and empower churches and communities to step into action by supporting vulnerable children and families in their local communities. In this podcast, we'll be shining a light on stories of hope, redemption, and transformation, and sharing practical ways that you can step in and get involved. Welcome to Restoried, a podcast by Hope Bridge. Welcome, everybody, back to Restoried, a podcast by Hope Bridge. I am Lisa Robertson, and I have Nicole Bowman and Melanie Montgomery here with me today. Um, We are here today to talk to you about Giving Tuesday. So as we near the holiday season, um, we are just being reminded of um, all that Hope Bridge has done this year. Um, We're grateful for being a part of the work. And um, as we prepare for Giving Tuesday, we were just um, remembering the heart behind our programs here at Hope Bridge um, and that we just really strive to be relational first in all of our programs. Um, And so when we were talking as a team about Giving Tuesday and what we want that to look like, Uh, That's kind of the theme that came to mind is um, we're relational as an organization. And so how can we make our Giving Tuesday campaign relational and just put intentionality behind it when we are choosing what we're going to be asking for? And so that's why I have Mel and, and Nicole here, because we are going to be raising funds for each specific program in a intentional specific way. And so um, we want to share that with you guys so that you have time to kind of think about it, look into our programs, look at what we are raising funds for, and you have the time to kind of decide if that's something you want to partner with us financially on and um, give back for Giving Tuesday. So Um, I have Nicole here to talk to us about foster care and um, that programming and what we have decided to raise funds for, for that program. So social workers, you know, working with caseworkers and social workers, I think a lot of times we don't give them the credit that they're due. They work long hours. They are underpaid. They are, um, overwhelmed many times. If a child welfare worker is overwhelmed, chances are very high that they're not going to continue on in their job um, from the burnout, the stress. And we fully believe that if we can encourage them in this space and help them, um, they will continue on in their job as well as continuing the serving the children in their care. We know that if a child has a disruption in their social worker, that fully impacts the permanency of that child and their success as well. That's just been an area where the door has sort of um, just been opened for us. And um, again, through relationships, um, Nicole, you were a Stark County foster parent and have relationships with workers through that. And um, Melanie's had you know, plenty of interaction as a social worker in that space too, where she has relationships in the County. And so that door is just kind of opened. Right. And so we've stepped into it and just all of a sudden we have this initiative where we're serving workers. Right. 
my husband and I, when we first became licensed, had an amazing worker. And I remember she was young. She hadn't been in the um, profession very long, maybe about a year. And when she brought our son to us, she was just so concerned for his safety and well-being. And I could tell that she loved caring for children. And I remember the day that the rights of the parents were terminated. She sat in the courtroom and just sobbed because she felt that overwhelming grief. She had tried everything that she could do in this case to help support them, to encourage them. She was such a good worker for us. And we we created this great relationship over the years. And I will still touch base with her every now and then and see how she's doing. Um, she's been in the profession now for many years. And to see the difference in that light that she had 10 years ago, that it, you know excitement of serving to where she is now, where she's, you can tell she's been burned out a little bit. And just uh, the discouragement mm-hmm. of the broken system that she's dealing with. And how can we continue to encourage these workers who are in this space? Uh, I have a relationship with our other, one of our other kiddos worker as well. Uh, we saw her when we were serving the families. And she said to me, you know, every day a little piece of me dies because of the work that I do. And so they feel it. They feel the heaviness of the job that they, they do. They feel the weight of these stories. They feel the grief. Uh, and it's hard. It's hard. If you don't have a good support system, it's hard to stay in this, this line of work. And so we thought, how could we encourage these workers continually do something that would bless them, encourage them, make them feel good? Mm-hmm. And so we thought, you know, something that they asked for, um, at one time was a massage chair and that request was denied uh, because of the cost. Mm -hmm. We thought, boy, wouldn't it be great if we could gift this, these workers, these County workers, um, a massage chair, just a place that they can come and relax and be calm for even if five or 10 minutes while they're in the office and uh, just something to remind them that they are not alone, that we are for them, that the work they do is important that every child matters and that they can continue to do this work, you know, knowing that we're here to support and encourage them as well. Yeah. Yeah. So relationally we're seeing, um, you know, as we're wrapping around and supporting foster families and adoptive families and kinship families um, that are in the trenches themselves and, and parenting kids from hard places and navigating biological family relationships. They're also navigating relationships with the caseworkers And we're seeing now stepping into this space as an organization that the caseworkers are also navigating that relationship with the families. Right. And so we have been um, just really trying to encourage the families we're working with to have a good relationship with the workers. And now we're trying to work or support and encourage the workers that, um, that we're doing that work, that we're trying to like, encourage these families to be on the same team and um, just kind of setting that relational tone. And so, yeah, we had the opportunity to sit down with um, the County and, and ask them like, what do you do for self-care? Like, right. is there anything that you guys like that we could serve you with? And um, they kind of said, well, yeah, we, we actually got some funding that we were allowed to, you know, get certain things. A lot of us got gym memberships and things and, and yeah, they said that we asked for a massage chair, but it was turned down. Yeah. And um, 
Yeah. So we just left, that was what in the summer mm-hmm. we just left kind of thinking, wouldn't it be so cool to give that to them? Right. And so that's really the heart behind that thought for our foster care program is to serve the workers like that because, um, yeah, we've just seen the, the really high turnover. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've talked about these two workers that are still around, but there's not many right? that, um, you know, we, we often are hearing new names and we're like, oh, they must be new. We've never heard of them before. And um, we're just, you know, seeing how costly the turnover is too. And if workers can feel in, appreciated, encouraged in their work and seen, um, could we just make a small impact in keeping them there a little longer? Right. So when we were at CAFO, um, one of our coworkers sat in on a workshop for caring for social workers and they shared a tool that allowed you to calculate um, the impact of worker turnover basically on your state's budget. And so we put in our area, how many workers there are in Ohio and um, found that it costs the state roughly $1.6 million every time there's one worker turnover. That's crazy. Um, yeah, because of the ripple t- the ripple down effect, it causes the kids to stay in the system longer. They don't reach permanency as quickly. Um, it takes you know however much money to train the new worker and the lag time between that new worker taking on the case at full capacity, and it's just such a huge financial impact to the state. Right. And um, and most of our counties are operating at a deficit with workers right now too. Yeah. Right? Yeah, not enough workers, so they're covering each other. So it is just um, an area where there are lots of ways to serve because there is just so much need. And the impact on the children when a worker leaves. Mm-hmm. You know, they build that connection. They have a relationship. It's just one more person in their life that's not there anymore. One more stranger that's coming to them and trying to connect and serve them. And that can traumatize a child as well you know, the turnover and social workers. And so yeah. really supporting our social workers supports our children. Right. It's like, I always fully believe that if we support the families caring for the children, it's the same as caring for the children. Right. Because if those people are not supported, then they're not going to serve their children well, mm-hmm. you know, and the children will be the ones that pay for it in the long run. Yeah. Basically we have never thought that this would be something that um, we would be, pursuing for Giving Tuesday, but relationally, it's just sort of, um, the opportunity has presented itself. Exactly. I was like, what is the word I'm looking for? Um, and so that's kind of how the other one, the other asks have too. So Mel, tell us about, um, what we're doing for single moms for Giving Tuesday. So first of all, let me just say, we've had the amazing privilege of walking with some incredible women wonderful moms who are doing great things and working hard to keep their family together and stabilize them. Um, And there's certainly been a lot of barriers that we've worked with these women to help them overcome. But one common one that we've seen throughout all of the moms that we've worked with has been an issue with transportation, with car problems. And I don't think these car problems are not Our issues are not the problem, but really just a symptom of the greatest problem, which we believe to be a lack of healthy community and healthy supports for these moms. Because most of us take it for granted that if our car breaks down, 
you know, we know somebody who can fix it, or maybe there's someone in our church that's a mechanic, or we have a friend that has some skill like that. Or I can borrow my in-laws car while mine's in the shop. Exactly. Or, you know, I have the money to fix it, or I have a family member that I could borrow the money from, you know, to, Mm -hmm. to help me until I can get the money together. And for these moms that just don't have that support around them, one simple car problem just adds to all of the other stressors that they're dealing with, leaving them feeling discouraged, hopeless, helpless, and it just becomes compounded. Um, And so, yeah, for Giving Tuesday, we, our intention is to launch a car fund that we would be able to have money that's available for the moms that we're working with to either repair a car problem that comes up, and this has already happened several times, um, or to perhaps purchase a reliable used car if repairing a car is not a viable option. Um, And I would also like to be bold enough to say we're willing to accept donations of cars too. You know, if there's someone out there who has had a car sitting in their driveway or, you know, somewhere and has been trying to figure out what to do with it and has been waiting for a sign, take this as your sign that you could could donate that car Mm -hmm. to Hope Bridge to our single moms program. And you could really seriously change the trajectory of someone's life with this vehicle, because having a reliable, safe car is just removing another layer of stress for these moms when they have so many stressors that they're dealing with already. And as single parents, everything falls on their shoulders. Mm-hmm. So to not have to worry about, oh gosh, you know, what happens if my my brakes go out? Or what happens if this, you know, how do I get my kid to school? How do I get to work? And then if I can't get to work and I lose my job, then what do I do? Just mm-hmm. the the peace of knowing I have a reliable, a reliable vehicle is everything. Yeah. And then I also want our donors to know that behind the scenes from our position here at Hope Ridge, we're helping our single moms to make those connections. We have had a wonderful connection with a local car dealership that really stepped up and helped one of our moms when she had some car problems. And that was hugely impactful for her. Um, and we had another local like, is it a mechanic or a body shop or or somebody who, when another one of our moms had some issues with tires, you know, they stepped in and helped us with that. And you never know how these opportunities are going to bless the giver as well. Because I remember in that one, um, I think it was the owner of the the shop was a single mom mom. Mm -hmm. and was just so just loved our mission and the vision behind our program and was so excited to be a part of that. Right. And so this is give us a huge discount. Yeah. And so this is a great way for people, you know, maybe thinking, Oh, well, this isn't going to, you know, be that big of a deal. No, it is. It's really, it's a huge deal. And it's a chance for you to partner with us in the kingdom work that we're doing and to help just love and bless these women. And through that, it gives them hope. Because they are sitting in a place of feeling like, I don't have support. I don't have community. I'm here in this position because of negative choices and decisions I've made in my own life. Nobody cares about me. And so every time it's the best part about my job, every time I get to show up with a donation or facilitate a connection through the body of Christ, it's like 
just pouring into that mom's heart to see there are people that care about you. Mm-hmm. And that's the relational piece right there for Mel yeah. because she is with the moms the most and has gotten to know them on a really deep level and she's been making really amazing connections for them. And so she's gotten to firsthand witness that for them. And so you can, you can understand the passion behind wanting to build out um, another opportunity for the moms too. We say a lot around here, get a hand up, not a handout. Absolutely. And again, it's about the children because I remember my mom was a single mom and I remember the stress of car repairs, the stress of our car breaking down. And so if you are able to bless these moms, you're blessing and you're caring for these children. You're removing some of the trauma that happens when they see their mom or their parent distressed. Um, You know, I remember my mom loading us in our blue Pinto, Ford Pinto and driving (laughs) to Florida. I was uh, no seatbelts. I was in the hatchback. You were dating yourself. <laughs> we were Nicole. lying down in the hatchback all That's the way to That's what you Florida. could do in the 80s. <laughs> or would that have been the 90s? Um, that was 2000s. <laughs> no. <laughs> that was the 80s. <laughs> but we got all the way to Florida to visit relatives and her car broke down. And we were stuck. I mean, it wasn't so bad that we were stuck in Florida, but we were stuck in Florida. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just that, that situation for her was so stressful um, and, and seeing my mom struggle. So it's amazing when we can help these moms because those children can see the community, the support and see healthy relationships. Good job now. Definitely. Definitely. So another area. Um, okay. So we have the um, massage chair for the local child welfare workers, and we have a car fund for single moms. Tell us about our other campaign option. So we have been fortunate enough to make a connection with a local um, foster care agency that works with adults, young adults who have aged out of the foster care system. And as we have been Speaking with them and their team, we've identified some needs and some ways that we were able to bless them, especially this time of year through the holiday season. So we just finished putting together Thanksgiving baskets that we dropped off for 20 of the young adults that they're working with. And um, we were asking them just about what we could do for Christmas and what would be some of the things that would benefit the young adults. And they were mentioning Number one, that young people like to get gift cards, which we all know mm-hmm. we, we were all young well, people like at one time. Yeah. I give me a Starbucks card. Right. And, yeah. Right. Um, so definitely gift cards, but they also said that hygiene products, um, with just the transient way some of these young people live, sometimes moving from place to place or living with a friend, or you know, that it's it's really helpful and convenient for them to just have like a drawstring bag that they can throw their stuff in, have their hygiene products with them and just kind of take it with them wherever they're going to go. So we thought that it would be great to try to raise funds to provide the hygiene products and some gift cards for the same 20 youth that we just provided Thanksgiving baskets for. So um, this is our, I would say, um, newest program that we're just starting to build from the ground up. And, um, but it replicates 
how our other programs have been built and progressed and flourished was serving mm-hmm. the people group first and finding out what their needs are and meeting them tangibly. And then the connection and the relationship builds from there. And so um, we're really hoping with serving these youth that it will give Hope Bridge the opportunity for that connection piece and the relationship piece to start because um, as you can hear through the stories Nicole is sharing about caseworkers and experiences with them and Mel's experience with our single moms and how she's seen healthy community make such a big difference in their lives. Um, that relationship piece is so important and valuable. And um, if you're a listener with a healthy community, um, just think about all the people that you'll connect with over the holiday season and the plans that you have, what your calendar looks like for Thanksgiving and Christmas and um, just everything that you have planned for yourself and your family. And a lot of the people that we're serving without connection to healthy community, um, their calendars look nothing like that. And um, the, the gifts that we're providing, the the Thanksgiving basket or the Christmas bundle or um, the car fund and help with a mechanic bill, th- those could be the best gifts that, that these individuals get this entire season and um, the biggest impact on their lives. And so um, while you may be hearing about these campaigns and thinking like it's really not that impactful, like Mel said, this is hugely impactful for the groups that we're serving and makes such a difference in their lives. Um, I don't know. What else do you guys want to add? Well, you know, even when we went and served the workers coffee and pastries, and we thought this is just such a simple act of kindness to the workers, but the response that we received from them, the thank yous for showing up and just showing that we cared really impacted them. And I think by doing these things, we're showing these groups of people that we do care. And, you know, just the statistics for aging out youth, you know, everything is going against them. Mm -hmm. They've aged out of the foster care system. We learn in training that the many times that they end up incarcerated on drugs, in jail, um, homeless, all these different things that are, stacked against them. The stats show us. But if we can step in there and create relationships, if we can bring support to them, if we can just show that somebody does care, it might change that moment where they're getting ready to do something that would cause them to fall into one of these categories. Mm -hmm. You know, just that gift, that act of kindness, that gift of love. So serving in this foster care space and with experience, we all have been foster a foster family at some point, um, we have continuously seen people think that in order to impact the foster care system, you have to become a foster family. And we work um, really hard to help people see that there's lots of ways to impact the foster care system. And that's really the, um, why we've built the programs out how, how we have, you know, we talk about the preventative program with the single moms intervention with the foster adoptive and kinship families, and now caseworkers and the restorative program supporting aged out youth. 
and how um, just stepping into any of those spaces and serving people linked to those spaces is doing foster care because you're impacting the foster care system. And so while it feels like you're just um, donating money to a cause, it's actually um, impacting the lives of children in our community. It's impacting the lives of um, caseworkers that, that in turn impact the lives of children in foster care. It's impacting youth that have aged out without a place to call home and um, statistically helping to change the narrative for all of these, these vulnerable individuals. Yeah. And I think being willing to partner with us as a donor for one of these initiatives that we're launching and just working with us to really step into these broken and messy stories that caseworkers are already in, that foster families are already in, that aged out youth are a part of, and that single moms are hoping to avoid, you know, stepping into that is the Christmas story. You know, that's the hope and the light and the love of of what we know about the Christmas story of Jesus entering into our world as a baby and bringing that hope. And so you can partner with us to do exactly that for all of these groups. Amen. Yeah, I just, I think... So many times we get focused on the things that we could buy for our children or for ourselves over the holiday season. And it's easy to get caught up in the decorations and the lights and the music and the festivities. But at the end of the day, it's what we do for God that counts. Mm-hmm. And if we can take our time and our resources and share those with those who are vulnerable and those who need the light of Jesus, those who need to know there is somebody in your corner when you feel like you are all alone. Um, I think that's the greatest gift that we could ever um, yes. spend our money and our time on. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So um, we've shared about all the campaigns. How can you give? How can you find it? Um, in our show notes, we will have a link to um, our Give Better link. Um, where you can choose how much you want to give and which fund you want to support. So you can pick single moms, you can pick foster care, or you can pick aged out youth. Um, We will have that link shared across our social media platforms um, over the next week as we lead up to Giving Tuesday. And um, you can find us on social media where we will be sharing um, more personally about each campaign um, in stories and reels and just sharing a bit bit more about that relationship piece. We just want to thank all of you so much for listening today. We enjoyed um, chatting about our Give Tuesday uh, campaign and we are just so excited that you joined us. Thank you so much.